The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Joining us, Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. Call them at IG Private Wealth Management, 905-972-7420. Good morning, gentlemen. Good to see you all today. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Scott. so I guess the big news this week is the uh, the federal budget that uh, came down. It, it's kind of like Christmas without presents, isn't it, Don? How does this work? <laughs> we get the bill, but we really don't get anything. Well, when you say we, I'm sure some people get things. Yeah, some people and, are getting and, and it, it, There is a distribution of wealth, and we're definitely going to go over some of the topics. There's some good news things, uh, particularly the uh, first-time home buyers savings plan. That's going to be excellent. And... Uh, and there's some, you know, other benefits uh, for others that uh, generally the lower income people. But, you know, I'm going to go through this in detail and kind of grade each one, if you will. And uh, certainly, Scott, I, I know, you know, you might have an opinion on a couple of the items. You know what? Before we even get to the budget, um, there was a report out, I believe, from the Parliamentary Budget Office um, this week that said that the carbon tax that we've been told for the last five years will benefit 80% of the people will now be the opposite, that the majority of the people will not benefit. It will not be revenue neutral. It will, in fact, cost people. Um, Does this resonate with people? I mean, you know, people are thinking they're going to pay a tax and it's actually going to benefit them. It doesn't work that way, does it? Yes, taxes generally don't. So this is a tricky one. You know, I think there's a bit of a disbelief in any news when it comes to these type of things. The nice thing in our business, it's a numbers game. And we look at, okay, how does this affect your personal wealth? And how can we benefit you to, you know, have a, enjoy a better retirement? And so, you know, the government does change the rules every, every year, sometimes twice a year. And that's up to Jay and our whole team to say, okay, how do we benefit our clients with this latest change of uh, rules, if you will. So yeah, it's always interesting times. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to going over some of those things. In the meantime, though, Jay is going to be speaking about a totally different subject. Completely different subject. Totally. Keep your mind (laughs) off the budget for a second, guys. Okay, everybody. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Jay will be talking about critical illness here. Yeah, so interesting. So yeah, keep talking about keeping your money in your pocket and and thinking about ways to to save money and and the budget and things like that. So I we did a a quick study where I looked up some some information on types of insurance. So home insurance, auto insurance, life insurance, critical illness insurance, which a lot of people don't know about. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. But looking at home insurance, and an interesting stat: one in twelve hundred chance of you claiming on your home insurance policy. And I looked at that and I said, geez, that's, you know, that's a small fraction. So you pay your home insurance all these years and there's a one in 1200 chance that you make a claim. So I thought that's pretty low odds. Not very good. You put all that money toward. And then I looked at auto insurance and then it's slightly better. Um, One in 270 risk of getting in a, a serious car accident where you need to put a repair through. And then on top of that, a lot of people will get in car accidents and not put a claim through. So one in 274, just keep these numbers in mind, one in 274, a car accident. Life insurance, for example, so a lot of people have term life insurance. Um, there's a 1% chance or 
one in a hundred that you're going to claim on a term insurance policy. And people say, well, you die, you get the insurance. Well, it's not necessarily true. Um, a lot of people with life insurance, what they do is they get these policies. And then as they get older, the cost of these policies gets too expensive and they let them lapse or they cancel them because the, the premiums are just too much. Don and I had a client this week where we're, we're talking back and forth about whether it makes sense for him to keep the, keep the coverage going because it's getting costly. Um, and he's paid into it for all these years. So he wants to keep it because he's paid so much into this but not necessarily does he want want to keep it going because it's getting costly so life insurance one percent chance of paying out so critical illness insurance so a lot of people aren't familiar with this i talked about it in the show a couple of years ago I haven't really addressed it again so i thought it was a good time to bring it back up um, there's a one in three chance of you claiming on a critical illness policy. So you have this critical illness policy and what it is, it's coverage that you buy um, for a lump sum payment to be paid out to you in the event that something happens. So if you get diagnosed with one of these 25 illnesses, ailments, uh, diseases, or conditions, it pays out a lump sum to you tax-free. And so one in three chance of you claiming on this. The other policies, everyone, almost everyone, all our clients have all those other policies and no one has the one that pays out the most. So I'm just gonna quickly go through how this, this policy works. And and it's it's a little different than life insurance. Um, it's I, I consider it actual life insurance because life insurance is actually death insurance. When you die, you get paid out. Um, with, with critical illness, it's really like life insurance. So if there's something that happens to you during your lifetime, it's there's a, a benefit that's paid out to you whatever whatever amount so over time a lot of uh a lot of these policies they, they have different uh definitions so the, the government stepped in and said okay every insurance company has to have the exact same definition so everyone covers for two, 25 different uh illnesses diseases and injuries the number three or the top three are heart attack stroke and cancer so i think everyone at this table here and everyone uh listening probably knows someone that's had a heart attack stroke or cancer and again comes back to that 33 percent chance of of claiming on this another one that it covers for that uh, that a lot of people don't know or that we're familiar with is dementia um, so dementia is the number four claim on one of these policies dementia including alzheimer's um very close Close to third on the list, but um, if something was to happen where you're diagnosed with Alzheimer's, um, this pays out a, a lump sum benefit to to you to either um, get treatment, um, uh, modify your home, whatever whatever you want to do with the money, go on a trip, whatever you want to do with this money. So you pay a premium for a certain a certain um, period of time. Um, so for an example, quickly just to go through, if you take out a hundred thousand uh, dollar policy and you're forty years old. The cost would be about $150 a month. You pay into it for 20 years. Um, it, that's You paid in $36,000 for $100,000 worth of coverage. 20 years goes by and nothing happens to you. Thankfully, you didn't get diagnosed with anything. Um, knock on wood. And and you paid the $36,000. You're like, geez, I paid $36,000. I got nothing for it. Well, the nice part about these policies is they have something called return of premium. And after the 20 years or 15 years or 10 years, whatever you decide, in this case, we, we picked a 20-year pay. Uh, after the 20 years, um, that $36,000 that you paid into it, you have the option to refund that back to you. So everything that you paid into the policy comes back to you. So not only is there a chance, a 33% chance of you claiming on this policy, if you don't claim on it in those 20 years, you get 100% of your money refunded back to you. So 
I, I look at that and say, this is a, this is a no brainer for people. Um, we, we present this to a lot of our clients. A lot of our clients have this policy, but a lot of people aren't aware of this. Um, this does not replace disability policy. Um, disability policies are something completely different. Disability policies um, are, are still are still popular. This is becoming more popular because a disability disability policy, for example, is very difficult to to claim on these days because a lot of employers are making accommodations for people with disabilities to come back to work. Um, if something happens to you and you you've got you know a back problem or something like that or any any kind of disability. There's lots of accommodations that employers will do to get people back to work. So it's very difficult or very hard to claim on these disability policies. For, for that matter, a disability policy, the chance of claiming on a disability policy is about 12% um, in your lifetime if you work from the age, if you had coverage from the age of 20 to the age of 65. So I, I like this critical illness policy. It, it gives people the opportunity to, to have a coverage during their lifetime um, while they're working. So the one thing with critical illness, it, it's not relative to what uh, what your income is. So if it's, it's based on you actually putting a claim in. So if you put a claim in or, or you're diagnosed with one of these illnesses, um, it's paid out after 30 days of, of the diagnosis. Whereas a disability is based on your ability to work. This is based on your, your actual diagnosis. So it has no bearing on your ability to work. Um, so you can go back to work the next day or, or a week later. You know, for example, we had this senior advisor here at the office in his early 50s. Um, he, he had a stroke and was off work for a couple of weeks, almost uh, nearly a, nearly a month, um, went to rehab, had full, almost full recovery. Um, he was paid out $250,000, but he was able to continue with his income and continue to work during that whole time. Uh, now, mind you, it was modified during those times while he was doing his recovery, but, you know, he had a $250,000 payout and he's back to work. And he had only paid into the policy for a couple of years. So it's a, it's a, it's a large payout for something. Um, unfortunately, yeah, he had a stroke, but he's, he's almost fully recovered, not a hundred percent, but he's almost fully recovered. So I look at something like that. And I think this is a, a really a great opportunity for, for our clients or our listeners to just explore if, if this is something that they're interested in. And, and if they weren't aware of it, it's something that we should definitely, uh, definitely run through uh, a quotation for, for clients. Um, one, go ahead, Don. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, it, it all comes back down to risk management and looking at your risks. And obviously what you said here is one in basically one in three chance for critical illness. That's mm -hmm. a high risk. There's a very light, good likelihood. Then if you can get all your premiums back, that's a bonus. Yes, you don't get interest on your premiums, but at least you're getting your money back. I, you know, you look at disability, a, a far lesser chance. And then, of course, dying, even thankfully, is even a lesser chance, one in 100. But yeah. there, I, we have people talking, well, I've got Canada Pension Plan disability. And I mm -hmm. checked into that this last week as an example. That is based on how much you've contributed to the Canada Pension Plan. And the maximum is only 1500 a month. Just mm -hmm. over fifteen hundred a month. The average is just over eleven hundred a month, based on the premiums they put into the plan. So you know, it all comes down to having a proper financial planning, looking over all the risks, and saying, "Okay, I am well underprotected in this area, and there is a significant risk based on my situation. I should buy extra coverage for that risk." 
Yeah, no, good point. Very good point. You know, and a lot of people think, well, I'm healthy. I'm not going to, nothing's going to happen to me. And, you know, I look at, we've looked at this before, but you look at professional athletes and actors, you know, Michael J. Fox, Lance Armstrong, all these people that are, you know, seem like in really good shape. And especially someone like Lance Armstrong had cancer twice, right? Um, how does that happen to someone that takes care of their body so well? So yeah, I don't think I take care of my body nearly as well as Lance <laughs> Armstrong. So um, yeah, there's the chance of something happening um, is that 33%. Hopefully it doesn't happen to me, knock on wood. But yeah, you, people think they're, um, you know, not indestructible, but uh, immortal or whatever it is. But you know, I look at we had, we, we have a lot of police officer clients, and we had this one police officer, great shape in his, in his early years as a police officer, three years into uh, being a police officer, he had one of these policies and he was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and, and he unfortunately ended up passing away, but his estate got that the hundred thousand dollar payout that he had in terms of coverage because he had lived with this cancer for a certain period of time. So he was able to make his, his last days a little bit more comfortable um, with treatment and, and, and modifications to his home during those last couple of years with, Without draining down his resources, not draining down any of his going to debt, getting a getting a bigger mortgage. He had a young family at the time, so in this in this guy's situation, it's unfortunate that he ended up passing away. But he didn't leave his his family in financial ruin. So, uh, risk management, like you said, Don, this is definitely something that is is a great part to to augment that risk management in your financial plan. You are the Lance Armstrong of the tricycle, Jay. Don't ever forget that. <laughs> uh, unicycle, unicycle. Wow, good for wow. you. Hey, have you seen that, Don? I missed that. No, I can't see the video. Get that YouTube. out. That's it. Uh, we are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. Call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Going to take a quick break here. We're coming back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. All right, Don, this segment, the budget will balance itself and other famous quotes from the prime minister. What have you got a book with them here? <laughs> There'd be plenty of them if I dug deep. You know okay. what? It wasn't long ago, and we're talking just the fall of last year. Yeah. And I was very hopeful that it, it basically they're projecting that the, the it would be a balanced budget in five years. And so basically by two, uh, 2027, we'd be finally in, in, in the black, which we haven't seen since the start of the Liberal government taking over. And so, you know, there's reasons for deficits. And certainly the pandemic was a great reason to help the economy during times. But, you know, this one here is uh, interesting. The cost to run the government in the last seven years is up 31% in that time. In fact, the population is only up eight and a half percent. And so they've added um, 80,000 employees in that time. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was just hotel bills. <laughs> <laughs> and the total oh program spending as per share of the economy is the highest in three decades. So and, and by the way, this doesn't include the interest on the debt. 
And, and the interest on the debts expected to go from 44 billion this year to 50 billion in 2027. By the way, these 50, 44 billion, that's money that could be spent on other things had you not been in debt in the first place. So, you know what? Every time there's a budget, I, we always sit back and think, okay, what are we going to see this year? And, you know, somewhat hopeful that we would see things in, in terms of a financial planner. You got to think from our standpoint. We do never sit and do a financial plan thinking, okay, we're going to run deficits for the next until you retire, and then everything will be good then. You cannot run a personal financial plan in debt. In fact, we do the opposite. How do we create a surplus so that you can have a great retirement? And so they did make uh, you know, some changes, and you almost should almost grade. And it was an interesting article from the Globe Mail. It's saying, okay, let's grade this budget. And they, so, so the first one was cost of living. And right now, as, as we're, everybody's aware of, the grocery bills are up, you know, the interest rates are up. So just living and housing is, is higher. And so they did add a, a GST credit um, for helping with groceries, basically. And the maximum rebate for two parents and two kids would be $467 one time. It's added to the GST credit. So it works out to about $9 a week. <laughs> okay. Now, you know what? Any help is good. And we're Don, but, I'd, so. Don, I'd be interested to hear what was what was the grade? What was what did we have for the grade? What did the Golden Mail grade the budget? Well, they didn't do an overall, but on the cost of living, they graded it a C. Okay, all right. Okay, so I just want to see where we stand. Okay, the C, and and basically, you can buy, you know, maybe a quart of milk and some cereal with that extra nine dollars a week. Is <laughs> what you're doing with that? Now, if you are a single parent with no kids. Um, it's you get a credit of about two hundred and thirty-four dollars. Now, again, these are people that already qualify for the GST credit, and if you're a senior, you can get as high as two hundred twenty-five dollars. No, no, John, uh, Don, I don't mean to correct you. It's not a GST credit. I think that's the grocery credit, not the grocery <laughs> rebate. It's not a G. It's not a GST anymore. It's a grocery or your rent or your shoes, whatever you need. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. You're absolutely right. But as always, it's the ones that are already receiving that they get this extra credit. So, so that was, uh, that was that part. Now the housing affordability. Now that's a toughie anyway. Um, they got a D in this, by the way. Um, okay, good. It's, good. It, it's tricky, the housing affordability, because you know what, housing prices are going up. Um, interest rates are higher. So how do you really improve on that? Now they did add and, I, and I'm a big advocate of it, the Home Buyers um, Savings Program. And it's a uh, first Home Buyers Savings Account. It actually started April the 1st. And I know uh, Mitch has talked about this on the show a number of times. In fact, I think he, he personally had about eight people lined up waiting for this program to start. Unfortunately, there's no financial institutions that I'm aware of that haven't been placed yet, including ourselves. Um, it'd just be a matter of time. Now that they know their rules, now that we know it's passed, now that we know the date, um, there, you know, basically, there was an article not long ago, literally last week, suggesting that, okay, people are going to the banks and asking for these now, and mm -hmm. we offer them also, but nobody has them yet. But at the end of the day, these, this is a great program. Um, in my opinion, probably one of the best programs for saving for a house, period, where you can put $8,000 away per year and you get a tax deduction like an RSP. Mm -hmm. Like, how good is that? And that's per person. So this is a, as long as the first home buyer, as long as you're a first home buyer. 
and you can accumulate up to $40,000 in this. And as long as you buy a house with it, you it's like a tax-free savings account. You take the money out and it's tax-free. You don't have to ever pay it back. Okay, so so when the, I think they actually to suggest they got, only got a D in this, perhaps it was based on this budget. Actually, I, I, I like this plan. Um, I think this will help a, a lot of listeners, either the listeners or their kids or their grandkids. Great program. Um, better than what they've had in the past where you pull money out of the RSPs and then you have to repay that money. And if you don't pay back the money, you pay tax on, on that payment that was due. Um, this one, as long as you buy a house, no worries. Um, and if you don't buy a house, you can roll that money into your own RSP, right? Okay, again, very fair. Um, now, if you don't buy a house and you take the money out and you don't put in your RSP, it is taxed, which again, makes sense. So love that. I think it's a great program. And um, you know, we're just waiting for the details of, of when they will actually be able to start doing this. It's interesting, Don, because, uh, you know, 150 years ago, I used the original one and thought that was fabulous. But they really have done and modified it and made it a lot better and modernized it for today's situation. Uh, yeah, absolutely. No, no, this is uh, this is a program that got revamped with fresh eyes and really looked at who, who can, you know, you think about if you took money out of the old program, you're now in debt like crazy. OK, because you're mm -hmm. taking on this big mortgage and. You now have to, you know, after you get a, like a year's grace, now you have to put money back into your RSP yeah. or you pay tax on that part. And let's mm -hmm. say it's $1,500. Well, if you're in a middle tax bracket, you're going to pay $500 extra in tax. This is my $500 as, as a mortgage poor person can't afford. So again, it was, it's taken the best of RSPs and TFSAs, rolling them all into one for the first time home buyer. Fantastic program. Can't say enough about it. So, yeah, anybody, once this is up and running, I, I suggest all listeners that are in this position or know anybody in this position, certainly get on board on this one. Yeah, it's a great way for parents to help out kids too, right? If if that's what they want to do. Um, instead of just giving them money for a down payment, this is a way to start um, early off, early and often, I guess is the the, ter the term. They can put the $8,000 into the into the plan and, and help their kids out for a number of years. I give this yeah. one a great A. That's I give a it a great, great A, great A. That, it's, a <laughs> it's a great idea, especially if, if uh, there are parents or grandparents that want to help. This is a, a lot better than just here, take the cash. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And I, like I said, I, whatever reasoning they created this a D, I agree with Jay. This is an A program, by far A plus program, if you will. Um, I don't know what the solution is. The markets do dictate what housing prices are. You can't control the herd mentality that went took place during the pandemic of people jacking up the prices um, basically from a supply and demand. Yeah. And, yeah. and now you're seeing the opposite happening because there's, you know, interest rates are higher. People can't afford it. And for that, maybe people are say, I got to get back into the city. I'm being called back into work. I don't want this community anymore. So the outlying areas you're seeing decreases in housing, but that's not helping the, the new home buyers because the interest rates are now three times higher. So it's, it's an interesting situation. I don't know if there's a cure for that. And I would just let the fallout of capitalism and housing prices do what they normally do. Um, on a tax side of things, this is uh, interesting. What wasn't in the taxes was there was no in increase in capital gains inclusion. Extremely important. This is one of those ones that are in everybody's radar 
maybe the budget is going to increase the capital gain inclusion. What that means is right now, if you get a capital gain, you buy a, say a rental property for $500,000 and it's now worth $600,000. You made a 500, uh, sorry, $100,000 capital gain. Well, you only pay tax on half of that capital gain. That's a 50% inclusion. That's what they're talking about when they talk about this. And so you get 50,000 tax-free, 50,000 be taxable in the year you sold it. And same with stocks, same with mutual funds, same with anything that has a capital gain. So this is always a concern. Another one that they were talking about is a wealth tax. And we're not quite sure there, to be honest, I don't know how you can hit the wealthy any harder than you are. Um, we already have a 53.53% tax bracket in Canada. So the government's taking more money than what we're getting if you're making over 235000 this year. Okay, so I'm thinking there's already a wealth tax. Okay, call it what you will. You're doing all the work and they get more than half. So I think that's a wealth tax. But what they did dig down is there's something called an alternative minimum tax. It came out in 1986. And it's... If any, of those, and if any of you do your own taxes, it is running behind the scenes on every tax program. And it basically means that if you try to find some deductions, and one would be a capital gain, one might be a, a large donation, for example, um, and you're not paying tax, they're saying, okay, well, we're still going to get you with this alternative minimum tax. And it's, it's, a, it's always been there, but it hasn't <clears throat> changed. It's almost like most people have forgotten about it. So I had a few clients in the last number of years that sold their farm and they got to qualify for the capital gains exemption. Well, that capital gains exemption is great for your normal tax return, but running underneath this program, the AMT, alternative minimum tax, catches this exemption. So they end up having to pay this AMT tax, which was running at about, I think, 15%. Now it's up to 20. So it was a 15% minimum. Yes, it was. 15%. Now it's up going up to 20.5%. So, and same with small business owners. Any listeners here that are small business owner, you have to be aware. They've increased the AMT up to 20%. So you're going to catch more people. Now, the thing with alternative minimum tax is you, it's, for most people, it's a one-off. It happens once in your life. You might get hit with it. And you, they'll have seven years to try to collect it back. Yes. Yeah, I was reading an I was reading an article. Uh, I think it was a Globe on the weekend. They were saying that fifty five thousand uh, cases per year, on average, claim or actually get affected by the the minimum tax um, in Canada. So it's not a big percentage of our population, but every year fifty five thousand Canadians uh, are affected by it. So yeah, it definitely comes into play. And there's going to be more that are entrapped with the new thing. And basically, they have an exemption of 40000 So the first 40000 doesn't even count. And then after that, they have that minimum tax of 15%. That's what it used to be. Now they've moved it to 173000 And I thought to myself, why did they raise it from 40000 to 173? Aren't they trying to hit the rich? Well, I know why. Because this has really been forgotten about since 1986. <laughs> if you simply index that 40000 you got pretty close to 173000 and they're going to yep. be indexing it for going forward so that we don't they don't have to go back 37 years later and revamp it again. Now, so people selling their businesses, uh, 
this starts in 2024, this, this uh, new tax. So if you're going to sell your business and you think you're going to be hit with this new AMT, you might want to look at the old program versus the new pro program and see which year it makes sense. Maybe you, it makes sense to delay it to next year. Make me sense to get it pushed into this year. Um, your accountant would be a great one to speak to on this one. But again, this is a, a good higher income tax. And it's for those ones that kind of get capital gains every year and not paying any income tax or very, very little tax. And there's not many of those people. And there was something called a capital strip that some professionals were using. And they basically were getting tax-free money every year, not paying tax. And it was a lot of professionals um, in the doctors, dentists, et cetera, having private corps. So this might end up hitting those ones. I've yet to see the, the actual inner workings of this. Um, so anyway, on the tax, they, they got to be on this. They did definitely got to be. Now on the student side, I love uh, a couple changes. I would consider they put an A B plus on the students. What they've done, they've eliminated the interest on the federal um, on and federal on student loans. Um, so there's no interest, and you don't have to make any payments until you make over forty thousand dollars a year. So again, not bad. But where I that Jay and I and, and our whole team work with a lot is the RESPs, and it there's they haven't changed these rules forever either. Even though the price of of uh, tuition has gone up dramatically. The RESP could only take up $5,000 in the first 13 weeks. So generally speaking, the first term or semester, you could only take $5,000 of grant and growth. They've increased that to 8,000. Big benefit for the students because in that first year of school, they've only got generally a two month summer job. They're not making much money. And so that $8,000 of grant and growth is added to their income and they would likely pay no tax on it. It's a great time to pull the grant and growth out in that first, in the first uh, semester. And so this has added um, another, another wrinkle. I think it definitely helps the students. And, the, you know, quite often there's people in co-op programs that are now making good income down the road. And so they end up paying tax on this grant and growth that is made inside the RESP. So another great um, enhancement, well overdue. The difference that I, I wish they did is they didn't increase the amount of lifetime grant that you can receive. It's right. been $7,200 since the day we started this, Jay. Yep. No, I, I look at those plans now and, and people that are going to school and we've got maybe 80,000 or 70,000 in one of these plans and that's they've maxed out every year and they've only got $70,000 saved and tuition's going to cost them a hundred uh, if they go away to school. So there's these plans aren't, aren't saving. You can't save enough in these plans, even if you max it out. Um, we, we, strongly, we strongly encourage people to max it out because it's a good good program, but it's still not enough. Yeah, absolutely. So this again, speak to your financial advisor, go through the new budget, see where this, how it affects you personally. And maybe you got a new strategy because of these changes. We are planning our financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. Call them at IG Private Wealth Management. 905-972-7420. Going to take a break here. We're coming right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, 
The guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. Find out more at donfox.net. Call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. All right, uh, do-it-yourself investing. Why not? Yeah. I, why not? I did the rec room. Why can't I do this? Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what happened. You know, they, this is DIY investing has been around forever. But I think during the pandemic, we saw or I know we saw a big surge in in this DIY investing through different platforms that are available. You know, the markets dropped during the, the pandemic and people had time on their hands. So people started thinking they were. Uh, wise and and did as much research as they could, and so they started to do DIY investing, and then and then the world also helped them out by by putting all these programs or the, all these commercials on on the TV with Well Simple and and Quest Trade, and they they had some really good commercials during the pandemic, and everyone was really interested in the great marketing, and so people started doing it and opened up opened up accounts during this time. Go ahead, Don. I haven't seen those commercials recently, Jay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what's going on. I don't. I'm yeah. not sure what happened to those companies, but anyways, <laughs> <laughs> their marketing budget must have. <laughs> Ran out of money or something. I'm not sure. But <laughs> anyway, so a lot of people uh, got very, very keen and, and decided to start taking a, a vested interest in, in their finances, which is great during the pandemic. You had time. So why not? Why not look at uh, renovating your house or re- renovating your finances? So a lot of people did that. Um, so I don't you know, I don't know which one of those you could do more damage with your house well, or your finances. Well, it's funny <laughs> you mentioned that. It's funny you mentioned that. So during the pandemic, I decided that I was going to change the lights outside at my house. Right. All the exterior lights. There's five nice. exterior, five exterior lights. Ordered them on Amazon, brought them in. I did four of them. I watched a YouTube video. I had everything going. I was, everything was going great. And then I got to the fifth one and I ran out of time. So I I left it. And it was a couple of days later where I got back to it. And I started doing the fifth light and I electrocuted myself. I actually got got shocked. And I was thinking, this is just like DIY investing. This is exactly (laughs) why. This is exactly what people do. They can hurt themselves <laughs> when they're doing their finances, just as I didn't get hurt, thankfully. But, you know, I didn't shut the power off and I shut the power off for the other four. But when I went to do this one, I just flipped the, the breaker and I didn't shut off all the power thinking, you know, save some time. I don't need to shut off all the power. The kids would lose their mind if I shut off the Internet. So I, <laughs> I did shut off all the power. Wrong and breaker. Was, yeah, wrong breaker. And I got shocked. So DIY electricity, not so smart. DIY investing, not so smart either. So, you know, I had all the tools. I watched the YouTube video. It's the same thing as DIY investing. You have all the tools. You can go on YouTube videos. You can do all your research, but you're missing the point. Um, DIY investing is a lot more, or DIY uh, financial planning, there's a lot more to it. Um, A lot of people think that, you know, they can get a better return or I I enjoy it more when I'm doing the investing or um, I don't want to pay those fees and I get it. Yeah. Yeah. The fees uh, for sure. Uh, you can do it yourself and not pay a fee. Um, but you also can get really hurt. And, you know, you know, you know I think, all, uh, Don, I think, 
Sorry, Jay. I think Don brought this up one time many years ago. And he said, you know, if you want to take a little bit of money, you know, like you take to the casino and you want to play with that and that's your, I'm going to learn to be an investor fund. Go ahead. But to do that with your life savings and your portfolio, that can be dangerous. Yeah. 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 There is no shortage of times we have had suggestions from clients that they should do something and avoid the plan that we put in place. Um, i.e. I moved all my and I literally talked to somebody this past week. I moved all my money to cash October 2020. They missed a great run up in 21 and they missed the downturn in 22 and they've missed the current run up up till today. They're definitely down from that point after interest and everything. But again, their answer was, I really don't want to look backwards. Mm -hmm. So they never want to look at the mistakes they made. And this is a gambler mentality, but they always take credit if it was right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And we saw that during, you know, the cryptocurrency when people were making money, everyone was saying how great they were doing. We saw it during the when people were investing in marijuana stocks, the same thing. So, you know, there's a study that shows the value of advice and looking at what what you actually get from paying for that advice. You know, if you have an advisor for four to six years, uh, by the time you're 65, your net worth is one point eight times greater. If you have an advisor for seven to 14 years, your net worth at 65 is 2.1 times greater. So if if your net worth is a million at 65, if you would have had an advisor, you would have had $2.1 million, just an average. Um, 15 years, it's 2.3 times higher net worth at 65. So the value of advice, yeah, you can do do it yourself and do, do things yourself, but you're missing out on all those elements that get you to that next level. It's not just investment planning, it's comprehensive financial planning. It's investment management. It's access to expert knowledge. This is what we do day in and day out. I'm not an electrician. Yeah, I can change a light bulb, but I shouldn't be doing electricity at my house, right? I could change a light bulb. That's about, that's the degree that I should be going. And it's the same thing with DIY investing. You know, you can have a savings account and manage that on your own, but from your investments, you should, you should be talking to a professional for sure. We are planning our financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. Find out more at donfox.net. Call them at IG Private Wealth Management, 905-972-7420. Last break. We're coming right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning our financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. Find out more at donfox.net. Call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. All right, our last segment here. Does money buy happiness? No, but you can uh, buy a yacht with it that will sail right up beside it. That's what David Lee Roth used to say. <laughs> and and he's not far off, as it turns out. You know what? I th- we did a show quite a while back, and there was a 2010 Princeton University study, and it showed that your day-to-day happiness rose until your income got to 75000 and then it plateaued. Hmm. Okay, so I thought, okay, well, that makes sense. Um, you know, after that time, I guess people are just got enough happiness. They're not going to get any happier after that. Well, 2020, let's fast forward 11 years in University of Pennsylvania. Some researchers looked at, at this and said, so is that really true? And they said, it turns out it was higher than 75,000. Well, I'm thinking, of course it is. You've got inflation over 11 years. Yeah. They actually, 
they actually put a line in the sand and said, you know what? We think it's a it's a hundred thousand now. And and basically, in simplest terms, larger incomes create larger happiness. Um, now I said, okay, well, this is a U.S. study. What about in you know? It must be after tax money, because you know, hundred thousand in the U.S. What's the, what's that equivalent? Hundred thousand in Canada after tax. So I actually looked at our tax bill in Ontario and said, if you make hundred thousand in Ontario, you clean about seventy-eight thousand. Twenty-two thousand dollars goes to the government. Now, this is what I found totally off guard. I had no idea this was the case. I looked at Florida and Texas, and I'm thinking they have the lowest tax rate in the U.S. Their after-tax income, if you make $100,000, is $77,000, $78,000. It's the same as ours. Mm. So what happens is you make more and more money, um, their tax rates don't kick in as much. But they hit right. the first 100000 pretty hard. Okay, and the rich get richer because you're not paying 53% tax in those states. Um, they get up to, what, say, 40%. I'm not quite sure, but it's a lot less. I, I actually went to, you know, something like New York City, or not New York City, but New York. It was even higher tax, and California's higher tax. So the first 100 grand, Canada's actually quite fair in terms of their taxes. They do help the lower income and middle class incomes a bit better. So that didn't take into account anything. So what they did in this new study, though, they took three groups. They took the least happy, they took the middle happiness people, and they took the happiest people, regardless of their incomes. And they found that the least happy people, the grumpier, the grumpiest people, call it, they're, they capped out at 100,000. Once you made over 100,000, they did not get any happier. That was it. But they did get increased happiness till that point. Middle happiness literally went past it got to 100,000 and it did level off over 100,000 even even more so and the happiest people they're loving life they love life right to 100,000 and accelerated past 100,000 they were having a blast kind of the David Lee Roth story there Scott so so then they said okay well if you're rich and miserable is there much we can do there OK, turns out, no, if you're if you're rich and miserable, you're going to be rich and miserable. No, how much money if you have lots of money or not enough money? We just can't help miserable people. So happiness does rise with income. And and so I, I thought this a little further out a bit more. Well, we're only talking about while you're working. You know, you talk about the grumpy old man or the grumpy old woman, if you will. Um, they're generally old which means they're retired okay they are now working and i'm thinking jay our whole team we we create happiness okay because we want them to have a very good income after they're done work and to your point jay you look at those net worths that you just mentioned yeah and how well they were doing because of having a financial plan and so our job is to make sure the happiness doesn't end when you stop working. Isn't don't all those commercials show people having a great time in retirement? Yeah, I can tell you. I can tell you <laughs> one thing: they are making a, a lot more than a hundred thousand dollars. They're happy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so our job is to take is to create a holistic financial plan, and make sure that maybe we take off a little happiness while you're working. Okay. 
maybe you take off just a bit because we want to make, and really at the end of the day, what is saving money? Saving money is delayed gratification. Yeah, no, instant gratification is our, our whole society really right now, right? Like that's everything. You go to Costco and it's in your face. You go online, it's in your face. It's like instant gratification. What can I buy? What can I buy? And if you know, you just put a little pain and a little bit of sadness in your in the way and, and save some money, um, the, the joy in the end is going to be so much greater, so much greater. So much better. And this, there's a euphoricness. There's a bit of a high, a dopamine surge when you buy stuff for those shoppers listening. Mm-hmm. And so delayed gratification avoids that to a certain extent. However, looking at the big picture, do you not want to be wealthy, comfortable in retirement? So at the end of the day, money is just one of the determinants of happiness they found. Um, so money is may not be the secret, but it's definitely going to help out a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, and sail right up next to it, as we say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You nice. can sail. You can sail up to your rich, grumpy friends and wave. <laughs> there you go. All right, it. it is that easy. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn have been here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. Find out more at donfox.net. Call them at IG Private Wealth Management at nine zero five nine seven two. 7420. Thank you, gentlemen. Another award winning show. We'll gather here again a week from now and do it all again. You bet. Okay, Thanks, great. Scott. Thanks. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.